0: Welcome into another edition of New Track Record Podcast. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, and we are joined by a special guest this week. It is Chloe Chambers, who is now going to be driving for Haas F1 in the F1 Academy Series. Chloe, first off, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for having me.
0: So let's start off talking about the new ride. Um, how did this come about? Did Did Haas reach out to you? How did this deal get put together?
1: Yeah, so... I mean, it all kind of started from this time last year where I had kind of tried to pursue getting into F1 Academy for the 2023 season and um, ultimately deals kind of fell apart because I was a little bit late in getting into negotiations with things and um, the race season starts relatively early in the year, so you have to kind of get on top of things the year prior. So I... um had expressed my interest already from 2023 and that kind of led to my name kind of getting out there a little bit with, with the, with the teams and especially with the news coming out earlier in the, in 2023 that F1 Academy would be racing on Formula One race weekends with the support of all 10 F1 teams for 2024. That definitely made me want to pursue it even more. And, So I really just made an effort to put my name out there to make sure teams were still aware that I was still actively pursuing racing in open-wheel cars, because I had taken a little bit of a break from open-wheel last year and started doing some sports car Porsche racing. And so I went out to Spain and did some tests um, and uh, spent about a month um, just kind of testing with the team and everything, and... um, yeah, the the results from the testing really showed a lot, and um, the, the whole thing with Haas came about um, from, you know, just having my name out there more and um, showing my interest in F1 Academy. So they reached out to me. Um, I had a few calls with them, and then, you know, they asked the question, do you want to race for us? And I don't think anybody would say no to that, so <laughs> obviously I accepted it graciously, and um yeah i'm now where i am
2: at this point so chloe before we kind of break down more of your racing career people say well why you have chloe on well um now take us through it because were you you born in china but you are uh were you born and were you raised in fort wayne and here in indiana so break it down uh your your uh your personal history
1: yeah, so I was born in China, and then I was adopted by my parents when I was 11 months old, so don't remember anything from China. I was raised in the northeast of the United States, so um, I moved from initially Texas and then New Jersey and New York, for, and I stayed around that area for the majority of my life, and then only in 2022 moved to Fort Wayne, um, so I'm, I'm relatively new here.
0: So, have you like have you checked off things on on the Fort Wayne list? Like, have you been to Coney Island? Have you been to a Tin Caps game, a Comets game? W- what are some of the things you've done around Fort Wayne?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been to Tin Caps games. Uh, we've done Coney Island. We the way that we like to do it is we go onto Instagram and see kind of what the Fort Wayne influencers are, <laughs> are <laughs> recommending, and we'll do that.
2: <laughs> there are Fort Wayne influencers. I didn't even know that. Cause they're yeah, they're like
1: food influencers. They'll tell you the good <laughs> restaurants to go to. <laughs> uh,
2: I've I've
0: seen this. I've seen the reels. My wife watches reels all the time. So I and she's like, we got to start going to these places. I'm like, I've never even heard of half these places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: So us around here we get excited about Comet's games and Tin Caps and 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 meanwhile you're you've been racing at Silverstone and and the Hungaro Ring and you're going to be racing at the Red Bull Ring. So take us through some of those experiences that you experienced in the W series and and uh, uh that was a couple years ago and then Porsche last year here in North America, but pretty amazing what you've been able to accomplish thus far.
1: Yeah, I mean W series was a really really cool opportunity for me. Um, just getting to travel around the world and race on racetracks that I've never raced on all over the world, really, and especially with Formula One. um, Actually, prior to racing in W Series, I had never been to a Formula One race, so it so happened that the first Formula One race I attended was one that I was also racing in, so I actually didn't get to see much of Formula One. But um, just to have those experiences was super cool. And then um, racing in the States last year, was nice um, to kind of like, you know, it, it's almost nice to like come home and race at familiar tracks and um, getting to do it with Monoflow International and, the, and my teammates from Monoflow um, was super cool. And um, I had, I've, I've been working with Monoflow International for a while now. And to kind of like come back to them and be able to help uh, the race team out there and just have fun with them was really fun for me.
2: You mentioned kind of taking a break from open wheel in the uh, the Porsche Sprint challenge last year what kind of adjustment was that and you uh, it, it must not have been a very hard adjustment with the success you had last year
1: yeah I mean you know the, the the cars are so different that you have to drive them with a completely different driving style so a lot of people will say oh you shouldn't drive both sports cars and open wheel cars because it'll you know, mess up kind of your technique that you use in an open-wheel car or vice versa. And kind of what I've found is that it's relatively easy for me to switch between the two because they're both just so different. For me, you can't exactly drive them with the same driving style anyways and mix that up. But in my opinion, it, it's best to get as much experience in any type of car that you can because track time and anything will ultimately kind of expand your book of driving um, techniques to use in the future.
2: Chloe, when did you start getting into racing? I mean, was it you were five years old and got into karting, or was it a little bit later? Take us through your career.
1: I started racing when I was eight years old, so that's kind of like a normal age to get started, I'd say, in any sport, really, Um, any sport that anybody wants to take professionally. You always start at a young age, but my path into racing isn't really, um, it it isn't really as similar as a lot of other drivers. My dad never raced. He was just a a fan, watched Formula One on TV. So I grew up watching Formula One. I I remember doing that ever since I can remember. And um, just kind of being a car guy, you know, interested in cars. Um, He would go and do autocross days, but never raced or did anything competitive. It was a hobby of his, and it naturally became a hobby of mine. And then one day, I saw a go-kart track, and I asked my parents, oh, can I try that? And, um, you know, my parents are super supportive of it, still are to this day, and, you know, that's, that's, that's where it started.
0: Chloe, so what was the first race you ever remember attending?
1: I do remember my actual first race, like, in a go kart. Um, I remember being eight years old, just starting out, um, and I ended up finishing third in that race, which was pretty good considering it was my first race and maybe only like a handful of days in the cart before that. And it was just my dad and I. Um, and, you know, like nowadays in karting, you don't really have drivers that you know, keep it as close in the family as we did. We always had it just be me as the driver and my dad would be my mechanic and we would be, both be kind of learning how to do things together because it was new for, all, for both of us. Um, and then I have siblings and my mom, and they come and watch the races whenever they can. And it's always been like a family thing for us. So, yeah, I just remember, like, growing up just doing it all with my dad, really.
0: What about your first IndyCar, NASCAR, or other major series event that you attended?
1: Yeah, I think my first race that I've attended was probably a NASCAR race at Watkins Glen. I'm pretty sure that was the first one that I attended, and I was probably already, like, 12 or 13 years old. So it was, it was kind of late for me to, like, start attending them in person, but I always watch them on TV anyways.
0: Have you ever attended the Indy 500?
1: I have. I've attended it one time, and that was back in 2021. So still kind of in that, like, COVID era era, um, where they were still limited on capacity.
2: All right, Chloe, preparing for the F1 Academy season uh, this year, take us through, I guess, uh, what to expect, what you're expecting as well as F1, the FIA, tries to put together a series that can be maybe the successor of sorts to the W series.
1: I mean, I expect a lot of things out of this series. Um, Already last year, even though they weren't on Formula One race weekends, the one Formula One race weekend that they did participate in in Austin was a huge hit. Um, the viewership online was, was really, really good. Um, and then also just the support from everybody was, was really nice for them. So I expect kind of more of the same next year. Um, I expect the competition to be really good already out of the drivers that have been announced. Um, There are some really good drivers in there. Um, And then, of course, having the support of F1 and the F1 teams themselves will, you know, kind of help boost my profile and, you know, all the other drivers' profiles as well. So, um, you know, I expect it to just be a really cool year next year um, or this year and uh, just, you know, a really good year of learning for me and development and, um, you know, some good results to go with it as well.
0: Chloe Chambers with us and we haven't even talked about this, but I think this is probably the, the most interesting thing I have seen. You're a Guinness world record holder, fastest slalom in a vehicle. How, how do you even go about trying to set a Guinness world record, let alone be a world record holder?
1: Yeah. So, um, that was back in, uh, 2020. So kind of a quiet time for racing at that time of, of year. And, um, I, uh, I got approached initially by the company that did the, the the YouTube video. They were the production company for that. So they reached out and said, "Hey, we have this really cool idea. Um, we want to set a Guinness World Record for the fastest vehicle slalom um, with a with a car company." They didn't disclose that it was Porsche at the time because anybody would say yes to Porsche. So they initially just kind of wanted to see if I was interested. So. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, that that sounds cool. I'll, I'll see. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's go ahead with it. And then it got revealed to me that it was Porsche, which was really cool for me and, like, a pretty big full circle moment because I grew up watching my dad drive his 944 at the autocross events and attending PCA events and that kind of thing. And we've always been a big Porsche family, so um, Porsche supplied all of the cars um, they set up everything logistically and had. They brought a whole um, support system for me, and um, yeah, I ended up breaking the record um, in the stock Porsche 718 Spyder as as you can buy it. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, you know, kind of like the first big thing to happen to me, and it was it was super cool to do it with Porsche as well.
0: And it says a lot that setting a Guinness World Record overshadows on on your resume the fact that you were on America's Got Talent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And the America's Got Talent thing was like it was it was really cool for me, but I I think setting the Guinness World Record has more of like a title to it that people are like, "Oh, wow." Like, you know. <laughs> so, I think everybody kind of looks at that a bit more.
2: And Chloe, still only, we're talking about Guinness Records, we're talking about America's Got Talent, we're talking about racing at the Hungaro Ring. You're not even 20 years old yet, so you have already a lifetime of experiences packed into 19 years. But in terms of, of the direction that you want to go and, and the next step, and, and you're an F1 Academy this year, but what are the goals for, for Chloe Chamber and her racing career?
1: Yeah, I mean, my goal has always been to race at the pinnacle of motorsports. I've grown up wanting to be in Formula One, but I've also found a new kind of respect for endurance racing, sports car racing, um, from my experience last year. And you know, racing in in the pinnacle levels of motorsport with the winning team, and um, you know, just just being able to showcase my talents in the best area possible is really where I want to be. At this point, it's hard to say what will be the pinnacle of motorsports in five years from now because the world is ever changing. But, you know, um, endurance racing has been on the rise a lot, as has IndyCar. Um, Obviously, IndyCar would be really cool to do because I live in Indiana, so to do the Indy 500 would be amazing and win it hopefully as well. Um, But, yeah, you know, just to race at the pinnacle levels of motorsport um, with a winning team, It gives me the ability to win races, um, you know, and obviously you have to still enjoy it.
0: And, and Chloe, you mentioned IndyCar. Have you had any contact with former W Series driver, Jamie Chadwick, who's now in IndyNext and had a lot of success in the, in the W Series when it first started?
1: Yeah, I actually have. um, She was my teammate in W Series. So, you know, we were able to kind of build a bit of a closer bond than most other drivers. Um, but yeah, I saw her at a few races last year while I was doing Porsche Sprint Challenge because some of the races that Porsche Sprint Challenge was a support race for just so happened to be on IndyCar and IndyNext race weekend. So I got to see her last year a bit and, um, yeah, you know, we still kind of keep in contact as well.
0: Chloe Chambers joining us and away from the track, you, you have an offer for the, IU Kelly School of Business, directed minutes, uh, honor roll student. So, how do you balance school, racing, everything going on all at once?
1: I mean, I grew up going to school and racing at the same time. I went through public school in New York, um, and I, I've it's because I've grown up with it. It's like I, I built a system for myself, kind of naturally. Um, I've always been a good student, always been on top of my work and very organized. So I think that helped just kind of with how I naturally am. But, um, you know, just my parents always made it a point that my education comes first. Um, They wouldn't let me go to a race if I were ever failing, which never happened, luckily. But um, I always made sure to keep on top of my grades and everything because obviously that's super important as well
2: chloe you've raced at some some iconic tracks is there one track either stateside or around the world that that you look at and say that's a a track that i want to race at at some point
1: you know there are tracks like that have just a lot of character to them a lot of history so one of those would be monaco um and um you know that just has a lot of history behind it but I'd also like to race the Indy 500. I've raced at Indianapolis, but I haven't raced the oval, so it's it's still a different track.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, a very very different track compared to uh, the road course. Uh, away from the track, what are some of the things you like to do? what uh, What are some of your your passions outside of racing?
1: Well, one of my favorite things to do outside of racing. Um, is swimming. I grew up swimming competitively in school and um, for club teams, and that's actually the first sport outside of racing that I really enjoyed and was super-duper um, committed to before I started racing, and um, I still enjoy doing it to this day. I don't, I don't do it competitively anymore, um, but it's still good to do for training purposes, and of course, if I enjoy it, then why not keep going?
0: <laughs> and when it comes to karting, so you, you, your your siblings kart, I, I assume your dad at least does it a little bit. Uh, are Have you always been the best? Was there like a moment when you overpassed your dad or, or some of your siblings?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a funny story because I was the only one to start karting in my family, and then my dad kind of would do it every once in a while for fun to just do something with me. But my brother tried it as well, and you know, not he didn't like it either. Um, his whole thing is soccer, so he's very committed to that. But we don't really go karting anymore. But when we were all together doing it, of course, I was the best.
2: <laughs> and some 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 veritable places of some, some some big time venues that you'll be racing this year at Jeddah and and Barcelona, Catalonia and uh, Zandvoort as well, and going around the world, Abu Dhabi as well with some of these uh, race weekends. You know, what, what's what's maybe the biggest thing you're looking forward to this season in F1 Academy?
1: I mean, for sure the the race that I'm looking forward to the most is Miami. It's my home race as well as Haas' home race, so it really works out in that way. But also I've raced at that track before in W Series. I had really good results there. And I like the track and the atmosphere that comes with it.
2: And final question for me. Do you have Gunther Steiner's number and can we have it? <laughs>
1: um, you know, I think I might have to keep that one. A secret.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot.
0: Absolutely worth a shot. Well, Chloe, thanks so much for joining us. We really, really look forward to following what you're going to do in F1 Academy coming up this season. Best of luck. And, and hopefully we'll talk to you down the road and perhaps – uh, on an IndyCar path in the future. We'll see. Yep.
1: Yeah, thank you guys for having me.
0: Thanks to Chloe Chambers for joining us. And we move ahead to the week in IndyCar news. And outside of some testing down at Homestead Miami Speedway on the road course, not a whole lot going on. And we are not the type to break down testing times. That's not what we do
2: here. That's not our scene. No. As also,
0: I mean, I'm not going to put much stock into testing times at a track that a IndyCar doesn't race at, right? And B, if they were to race at it, wouldn't it be on the oval and not on the road course, right? The the roval course, yes. I guess, if you will. So, I don't know. It it is what it is. Obviously, great to see like Nolan Nolan Siegel get a a, a test day with Coin and Jack Harvey two days with Coin as well. And I guess that kind of leads into the relatively light news week that we had marco andretti officially confirmed with andretti global make sure i get the name right for the indy 500 so they will have four entries uh or may uh a chemical products manufacturer will be featured on the number 98 honda so a new primary sponsor 29 drivers confirmed for the indy 500 again likely to have bumping we still have at least two cars from coin. We have two cars from dry and Reinbold, which reports were Connor Daly and Ryan Hunter Ray that that that's everything we continue to hear and see out there as far as who will fill those seats. That gets us, let's see, from 33 to 33. Yep. And then we already had RC Anderson able motorsports confirmed. And then you have the possibility of AJ Foyt racing running a third, even though they're really said they weren't planning on running a third car in 2024. Do they mean full time or do they mean Indy 500? That's what was confusing to me.
2: Right. And uh, we're not really sure. It sounds like they're trending towards a third after we thought they were trending, not towards a third. So I think you're looking at it, maybe two or three teams running an extra car to get to 3536, but it looks barring something uh, crazy. looks like we'll at least have bumping and with multiple cars.
0: And then uh, other teams that could factor in Ray Hall, they want to run a fourth part time car this season. Obviously, Yuri Vips, as Nathan Brown, the Indy Star, mentioned, he could get some seat time. And then Takuma Sato, you would expect to be the laning spot returning to Ray Hall, who won with that team in 2020, uh, the Indy 500. Um, That would be a a logical fit. Nothing confirmed there. So that would be what, 34? And then 35 if there's a third Foyt car, and then 36 is where it really gets iffy if there's some sort of other entry. And this I think a is a lot of ha- has to go yeah. right for the I, 36th. I mean, a Cusick Motorsports entry partnering with the team that still is something that could be on the board uh, if they have the money, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think it'd have to be a Chevy entry because you look at it and Honda's about tapped out as far as the the 18 that they would have.
2: You always have Paretta sniffing around, see if they can get something together. The max is you, what you're looking at is 36. Can we get there? Could there be teams that are also pursuing a deal of some sort that are locked out because of lack of engine supply? Maybe, but I think what you're looking at is is at right now at least 35, max 36.
0: So Andretti is running four. Ganassis running five, that's nine. Then you have Shank running three, that's twelve. Ray Hall could run four, that's sixteen, and then two at coin. There's your eighteen. Right. So it's it's Chevy that's gonna add these yes. additional entries. Again, coin we expect two cars. Um, and that's really where things stand in terms of silly season is just continuing to wait on coin. And will they or or won't they run two cars in the upcoming season, which we expect that to happen, but Right. there's really nothing new in terms of who will be in those seats. Do Jack you f- Harvey getting a test, I think, does mean something.
2: No, I was going to ask you that in terms of do, do, do we take anything away from the, the Homestead test in terms of Jack Harvey being in the car two days and Nolan Siegel being in there the and, and, third day? and
0: Siegel's not moving up to IndyCar. He's he's locked in with HMD and lights. But the but, fact
2: that they had him run, yes, I don't think it means much about uh, this season potentially as much as next season.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not dumb. I'm sure Dale <laughs> Coin isn't dumb either. I'm sure these drivers brought some cash to get the seat time.
2: That is true. I Nolan Siegel probably had um, at least a five figure check. You feel like uh, to bring to test, and by all indications, he didn't embarrass himself out there. So, and that's kind of more the story. If you can go out and not embarrass yourself, it's been a good day in terms of IndyCar testing and didn't seem like anybody did that over three days.
0: So that was really the highlight in terms of testing uh, at Homestead, Miami, again, on the infield road course. Three days of testing, teams using the 2024 uh, car without the hybrid, of course, uh, for those days. So one driver from each team per day. Again, if you want to look up testing times, they're everywhere. <laughs> We're not taking a whole lot away from testing in a track. The IndyCar doesn't even race that. The other news in terms of drivers, Simon Pagenaud released an update on his medical condition uh, following that crash at Mid-Ohio back on July 1st last season. Hasn't raced in a car since. He says he's making major progress. Ads that the injuries don't show on the outside says he feels great physically, but it's on the inside, uh, saying it's frustrated, it's taking some time to heal. Um, unfortunately, this feels like a situation where I don't know if he races an IndyCar again.
2: No, I agree. It's been six months, and we heard he was making rapid progress immediately after the injury, uh, or after the wreck in July. Uh, the older you get, and I think the more um cognitive issues you have the more problematic they become and i think this is especially problematic for simon pagno because of the violence of the uh, wreck and i'm sure it's not the first time he's had had a cognitive injury of some sort a head injury concussion whatever but 6 months is a long time to still not be 100% and at his age i just I don't know if it's in the cards that he'll get into a race car, an IndyCar again, to compete um, because of this injury. I mean, we remember Dario's shunt at Houston, and basically, shunt? yeah, what are we
0: Formula One here. <laughs> I got to call that out.
2: Crash, uh, um, melee, maybe a better part of it. Um, it was a shunt; it was a sizable shunt. But basically, him being told that if he suffered another concussion like that. Um, it could be really debilitating for him. And I wonder if we're in that same spot with with Simon pagno is trying to come back, but eventually the medical field saying, dude, you cannot take another hit like that, and that forcing his hand, much like it did Dario.
0: Yes, and it, it does feel very similar in that aspect. I mean, both were... It was wild that they walked, you know, that Simon even walked away right. from that crash. I mean, it was, it was compelling video. Was, I mean, yes. it was it was scary, and it was like, wow, he walked away. But I, I mean, the recovery process is long, and anytime it involves some sort of head injury, that's where you got to be extra careful. And thankfully, he's okay. Otherwise, right. and also. He had a very accomplished career. He has nothing left to prove in IndyCar and racing in general.
2: Well, and just because you don't break any bones or anything doesn't mean you don't have serious injuries. And I know some people say, well, you know, he walked away from it. He just had a concussion. Like, concussions are absolutely dangerous. And there are no small concussions or big concussions. There are concussions, and they build upon each other. And the fact that he is six months removed from that accident and still... Isn't a hundred percent tells you just how serious that that impact was, and the jarring that was done to his brain, and you know at this point when you look at it, um, winning an Indianapolis 500, accomplishing so much in his career, you almost wonder what what's the point if if the risk is above the reward and what's the point? And you've won an Indianapolis 500, right? It, it's just like what do you have to race for anymore that that warrants putting your body on the line like that anymore.
0: Yeah. And that, that to me is ultimately what it comes down to, but these are competitive guys, right? They want to get back in the car and that's how these things go. But again, I don't think he's going to do that at the expense of his health long term.
2: Yeah. uh, Agreed. And that's going to be, have to be a decision that they're going to have to make for sure.
0: All right. So that wraps up kind of the, the main storylines for this week. Uh, We'll get to more, driver an- announcements and other series coming up in uh, news and notes. But if you uh, enjoyed the interview, if you want to interact with us, you can do so. Newtrackrecordpodcast.com while you're there, <laughs> sign up for the email list. It is free to subscribe. You won't miss an episode or any special announcements. Also you can check out the store. we have t-shirts, stickers for sale on there. And uh, you can reach us on social media. IndyCar podcast on Instagram, on Twitter slash X, and on Facebook, just search for New Track Record. And as always, you can email us, newtrackrecordpodcast at gmail.com, and support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash newtrackrecord. Thanks to Xavier and others for their support. Again, starting at just $1 per month. And as always, download the podcast, listen for free on your favorite podcasting platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mailbag time, and it's short this week. Not that that's a massive surprise. But let's get to uh, what people had to say in the last week. And we start off... Let's see here. Where, where are we at? Scrolling all the way back to last week, which was uh, further along than I would have guessed, as far as <laughs> the stuff that I saved from what's happened in the last week. So we start... Here we go. Uh, this from Poet Shevchenko. The way you were talking about IndyCar hyping up things that are already there gave me the mental image of Apple in 2024 holding a big reveal for the iPhone. Yeah, but it, but it has titanium.
2: Yeah, which I don't understand that too. I've, I've asked you that before. Like, what's the big draw that the phone has titanium in it? Like, I, what do I care? I don't know. But yes, it's uh, similar to... Um, I'm almost look at it like they're they're hyping up a three year old iPhone. What I think would be a more apt comparison to me if they came out in 2024 and say, "Hey, look, the 2021 iPhone. This is amazing, isn't it?" Kind of like that, <laughs> the equivalent with IndyCar. He
0: also chipped in. Argentina sounds like the ideal time to debut the hybrid powertrain.
2: <laughs> well, I think he's correct in saying it doesn't make much sense during the season. If you're going to do it in 2024, why don't you do it at the Exhibition Race? Yeah. You know? Uh Wouldn't be totally against that. I still am wondering how IndyCar is going to pull off at Indy, not have hybrids, and then the very next week at Detroit, have hybrids.
0: Well, has is, is that been specifically laid out? Because I don't think they specifically laid out. They just right. said sometime after the Indy After Indy,
2: which... You have Detroit, and then what is it? Milwaukee after Road, that? Road America, Road America, and then after that, you have like five races left.
0: Uh, you still have quite a bit because you have a doubleheader, Iowa doubleheader at Milwaukee, Toronto. I mean, there's a lot left. Is there? So a lot there's a, there's a gap after. I want to say you have Road America, then you have I think a week, and then Laguna Seca, then uh, another week, and then Mid Ohio, and then you really get into the grind of the season.
2: I think it is. It can work. It's just so befuddling. That midway through the season, you're just changing everything in terms of strategy, in terms of how you manage this, that, and the other. You have to treat the first half of the season completely different from the second half, effectively. It's just only IndyCar. It's like basically saying in football that you're going to change a serious rule midway through the season. Uh, Let's say all of a sudden in week 10, starting week 10 next year in the NFL, um you can't uh do any forward passing (laughs) like just completely changing the strategies of all of 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 the teams that would be a sight to see yeah especially in today's nfl i'm
0: sure ratings would crater yeah i
2: I would imagine there's anything they can uh, can pull back the nfl from the ratings bonanza it's on it would be that
0: uh elsewhere on the mailbag this week Uh, I posted a a poll, most likely to land one of the coin IndyCar seats, Uh, over 51% of you said Jack Harvey, just over 30% said Devlin DeFrancesco, just under 8% said Colin Braun, and 10.5% of you said TBA, which, Mm. that was my vote. This is the year for TBA. They
2: need to find a driver whose initials are TBA (laughs) to drive for them. I think that would be absolutely amazing.
0: And I hope they would market it or at least realize there is a base to market. Yes. I get that coin probably doesn't have a huge marketing budget in terms of like apparel and things like that. But man, this would be a way to capitalize, you know,
2: on the car, it says TBA where you'd put his name, you know, and, and yes, just, uh, just market it, use it. It's hilarious.
0: That would be great. Um, some replies on the poll hunters way 67 said, it's looking like Harvey. I'd love to see Braun get a shot. Uh, Fit J 1983 also chipping in Colin Braun needs and deserves a seat. Uh, it's a guy who's a very accomplished racer in sports cars. We've seen this over the years, right? Tom Blomquist, most recently Simon Pagino in the past, right? Of guys getting shots, moving over from sports cars. And he seems like the next guy
2: on that list. Just don't know if he'll get that opportunity this year or in the coming years.
0: And a couple of notes uh, as we continue on with the mailbag. This was pretty funny. Uh, F1, this from the Roth. F1 doesn't like Visa Cash App RB F1 team. Hold my beer, says Bridgestone presents the Champ Car World, World Series powered by Ford.
2: Yeah, if you missed it, the former Alpha Tauri team is now the, what is the VR Cash App uh, RB F1 team? That's what an RB for Red Bull? Yeah. um, It's a mouthful. And there's no real easy way to. Limit it. There's no acronym or anything but you can use.
0: When they crash, you could just call it the crash app. There F1 you go. It
2: just sells itself. <laughs> so, and, and we we talked about this too. It's not a lot of money that they're getting paid. Twenty million. Twenty million annually is 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 that not a lot of money per car or total?
0: Because that's I, I an know. IndyCar budget. Now, granted, that's a primary sponsor. Doesn't include all the secondary right. sponsors and and all that. But twenty million for the team per year. I mean, that's a top in IndyCar budget.
2: I would have thought that it'd be upwards of like $50 million for naming rights like that, but is that where AlphaTauri is in terms of needing money? Is it's taking a deal like that for $20 million to have their new name be the VR Cash App RB F1 team?
0: It's just, I... However announcers figure out how to say that good luck
2: yeah i mean what are you what are you gonna do you can't say it all the time you can't while well, you're talking about ferraris and stuff like talk you can say the,
0: steak right which used to be alpha Romeo. yeah it's now
2: steak you can say steak what are you saying for for that i mean you're gonna go rb f1 that's what i do but I you guess. can I mean yeah i don't know so we'll see
0: i mean haas is the money gram haas f1 too, right it, like if you have more than Two words for the sponsor name, it is very lengthy. Right, but that's like what's Visa
2: paying for, because I could see on F one circles it being shortened to RBF1.
0: Yeah, which means the sponsorship is not getting the value out of it.
2: No, none, you're you're benefiting Red Bull.
0: One other thing to get to, an an email from James, and this is funny, I heard from people, uh, told me many people, third OEM is Yugo. I would take a
2: third OEM from anybody at this point. If it could be competitive, I couldn't care less what it is. If it's you go, let's go. Let's let's go yeah. right now. Let's ride. You
0: go. I go, you go, we go. We go, we all go. <laughs> that wraps up the mailbag. As always, thanks for your submissions during a quiet week in the IndyCar off-season. News, notes, time, and a few items to get to. We'll start with some driver announcements in Indy Lights, and you have... Nolan Allar, I believe, is how you say it, set to move up with HMD Motorsports. And what's interesting here, he's going from Formula Fords, uh-huh, which is like right after karting, straight to lights at which HMD. Is pretty amazing. It is a leap. Yes. Um, born in Michigan, uh, grew up in Florida. He's been racing in the U.S. and England, so he has an opportunity to uh, make something happen.
2: It, they must have a lot of faith in him at HMD to make that jump, and we'll see if it pays off for him. Um,
0: this is Marshall Prude of racer.com pointing out, as far as moves like this, uh, a, a big move from the bottom to lights or IndyCar uh, points out going back to George Mack, who is a champion carter from Southern California who completed the twenty or twenty two, uh, the 2002 IRL season for 310 racing. Had no formula car or oval experience and he
2: was he was solid. Yeah, he wasn't a complete embarrassment back then. But I I didn't realize Mac didn't have that much experience.
0: No. And I want to say he worked like he was a mechanic at a like at an auto shop or really? something. Um so yeah, it was it was a big leap, certainly for him. Hmm. Elsewhere in news, uh you have IndyCar cutting down the weights for the chassis, and this is without the hybrid unit, but as far as where this stands, so they shed 10 pounds of weight from the chassis. They went from what, aluminum pieces to
2: some sort of other metal that's lighter. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they're, they're again, trying to, to cut things. Uh, heavier aluminum transmission casings and bell housings to replacements maybe with magnesium, uh, uh, according to Marshall Pruitt. Not titanium.
2: Not yeah. like Apple.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so there's a little bit of weight there. 30 pounds from each DW-12 with the magnesium drivetrain and chassis parts. That should really increase speeds. Then 10 pounds from the chassis um, is said to offer one-tenth improvement in lap time. That's kind of an anecdotal amount. So that will play in. We should have faster times at Indy,
2: in theory. They said what, with every 10 pounds of weight cuts one-tenth. And that doesn't include the new hybrid. Well, the new hybrid, but oh, the arrow screen. screen, which will be, if they predicted when that was, is that going to be ready for St. Pete to be installed? I've
0: heard nothing otherwise, but that is a
2: great question. Um, but that was also going to be less weight. So we'll wait for that. But uh, they, until that hybrid's put in, we could have some records fall at, area, or at some early races.
0: These comments from Alex Polo got a lot of headlines, but I think it, it, again, people misinterpreting what he's saying. He said, I am too old to wait and see if someone gets hurt. And that is how I can get my chance in F1. Pato can wait for someone to get hurt. Basically, Polo saying, eh, it's, he had his chance and it's come and gone.
2: Yeah. I don't know if that's the, and people were
0: like uh, upset. I I don't know. I don't know why people get upset about anything.
2: Yeah. I uh... I don't know if it's it's callous, but it's reality. I mean, yes, you know. So uh, I didn't have a problem with it.
0: Joseph Nugard and Roger Penske received their baby boards at, at Borgs at a ceremony at the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn earlier this week. Uh, on Tuesday's we record on Friday morning, January twenty sixth. You ever been to the Henry Ford Museum? Yes, pretty cool. It is very cool. Why did they do it there? I. Don't know. It's because Chevy. Chevy, my guess. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But that, I think of Dearborn, I mean, Henry Ford. I mean, that's Ford.
2: <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe Literally, it's. Literally, that's Ford. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know why there. Huh.
0: But Borg Warner must have wanted to, to do it there. But very cool. Obviously, congrats to them on receiving that. And this also uh, tying to the 500. the IMS Museum announced that Tony Canon and Juan Pablo Montoya will be inducted into the IMS Hall of Fame ceremony on May 23rd. I believe now, that is
2: Carb Day. Now, the museum is closed, right? Yes. And it will be closed for the foreseeable future. Yes. Okay. Just the gift to shops that. are open. Nice.
0: Okay. So that that is the, the one thing. So you can still visit like the, the gift shops. Gotcha. But beyond that, yes, that is it. And Long Beach, uh, the Grand Prix of Long Beach, the city's Harbor Commission, okayed $195,000 sponsorship. Hey, more money coming to the race, so that's a, a positive sign. And congrats to Steph Wilson and his wife uh, welcoming their first child, Felix Justin Wilson.
2: Congratulations. Very cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, this weekend, it's hard to believe, but it's time for the Rolex 24. A lot of active IndyCar drivers taking part, so the the list of active drivers, if we go into the former, it, it gets way too lengthy. But Alex Palou, Alexander Rossi, Christian Rasmussen, uh, Colton Herta, Felix Rosenquist, Joseph Newgarden, who hasn't really competed in series outside of IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Not I mean, often, he did no. SRX a couple years ago. That's
2: I really, think, really, about it. I really think you're going to see more of Joseph Newgarden this doing this stuff after winning the 500. Yes, I think he was that was his singular focus for so long that now that he's accomplished that, I think he's going to be a little bit more involved in terms of trying other things.
0: Also on the list, uh, competing among active IndyCar drivers, Kevin Simpson, Kyle Kirkwood. Marcus Erickson, Pato Award, Ramon Grosjean, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, and Tom Blomquist, which again, no shank. Uh, so no. that, that kind of throws, throws it off, but that is the list of active IndyCar drivers. And then doesn't feel like we're close, but single day tickets on sale now for the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, which it is coming up sooner than you think. Six weeks away? Yes. Is it real six weeks? I think so um this is again March 8th through 10th all right we'll be there before we know it exactly
2: and we' we're, we're entering this period this is going to be the worst period at least for 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 most people including us post football so we have football this weekend and then in two weeks with the Super Bowl obviously and then you have this void and and if you can get to Daytona which is what a week after the Super Bowl yes I guess but then after that like there's no there's no IndyCar, we're not big into NASCAR um, there's no baseball it's just this is a, it's the worst time of the year this little, this little stretch that we're upcoming after football's over before IndyCar starts.
0: and one other note uh, guy Care is the sponsor for a Christian Rasmussen uh, Ed Carpenter entry uh, for Ed Carpenter racing for the upcoming season so they have uh, some
2: new new looks on the car for the upcoming year. Very nice. Uh, And it was tough because some people were looking at the liveries at testing and said, oh, new liveries for this, this, this team, that team, and several teams came out and said, no, this isn't our livery. This is a testing livery, so relax. So I think. uh, Well, and
0: like, for example, Hunkos didn't have any, you know, major sponsors on there. But again, it's (laughs) testing. they've already
2: revealed their livery, their official livery. Yeah. Hunkos did, didn't they, last week?
0: Yeah, what's weird is, so like, com is which signed like a multi-year is not on the the side pods, which i found but fascinating. i don't
2: i wouldn't think that they're putting their 2024 livery on the testing cars i just don't think they were worried about that but they've announced what, yeah. th- what it's going to be but some other i i can't remember which team it was maybe even shank i think it was shank and somebody said oh you know a look at the 2024 livery for shank and they came out and said no this isn't or yeah, it's,
0: it's testing. So, yeah,
2: so don't look t- don't look too much into testing times. Don't look too much into liveries at testing.
0: Yeah, and there's no reason to panic. <laughs> yeah, relax, <laughs> people. Looking at lineups that are testing only or sponsors that are not on the yeah, car. Not on the
2: cars or this car is slow or this driver is slow. It doesn't matter right now.
0: All right. With that, we
2: are ready for our random split air driver of the week. All right. So we're going to early IRL. In fact year one of IRL and you have the details yes on our random split error driver of the week for this week
0: and a driver who didn't actually <laughs> compete in the Indy 500 he was entered in 1996 for Tempero uh, Giffrey I, I don't know how to say that I'll be honest uh, racing but he withdrew from the field uh, Justin Bell Passed up on the ride after not completing his rookie test, and that is this week's random split air driver of the week. Uh, son of Derek Bell, a five-time Lamar 24-hour winner, so very accomplished, and he's been accomplished in his own right. He's an auto racing uh, TV and web host, um, so he's been active in in racing for quite some time, whether on the track or through the the media side of it. But he's competed in the 24-hour Le Mans several times. Uh, did win in 1998 in GT2 class, a couple of second places as well uh, in in Le Mans. Did Japanese touring car for a season. That was the year
2: before his Indy car, yeah, um, or the IRL attempt at Indy, in which he was in a Lola chassis, a four-year-old Lola chassis. <laughs> Uh, for Tempero Geoffrey Racing I'm going to say Geoffrey try to Did, add did
0: not go go well for I mean he withdrew didn't pass the rookie test and and look you you look at those early years I mean that team had so many drivers obviously Bill Tempero David Kudrave Justin Bell Joe Gosek uh competed in the 15 car all that season and then uh you had David Kudrave racing Gardner and Billy Rowe also competed in the 25 car that season.
2: Here's the, the this is the, the chaos that we just don't see anymore. So in that ra- in that field, so you mentioned David Kudrave. He had entered for the event. Okay, so he was entered with. Uh, where is it at? What team was David Kudrave initially with? Uh, in that team, um, can't find it. Anyway. So David Kudrave enters the race with the team, okay? Uh, he is replaced before the start of practice. Justin Bell passed up on the ride after not completing his rookie test. Joe Gossick practiced in it in the second week of practice, but then switched to Team Scandia. <laughs> this is the chaos that we had back then. It was just it was amazing. Um, you had a Burns Motorsport entry that never had a driver, that never attempted anything let alone even put a, uh, you had a Celia USA team that also never had a driver. Um, Just amazing storylines with some of those mid, the, the, the you wouldn't think 96, the first year of the split, all that stuff. I mean, that 500 just had everything in terms of what they were going for with the split in terms of, not power teams, but actually making it affordable to try to race in the series or race in the Indianapolis 500. And uh, it caused some really, really interesting stories.
0: And what he's doing with his media career. So since 2005, he's worked with Speed Channel, which is now FS1, Fox Sports 1, hosting various live format-based TV shows, Barrett-Jackson auctions, the American (laughs) Le Mans series, Grand American Racing, which is now, of course, those combined to form IMSA, uh, Test drive and shut up and drive. Also, he co-founded Torque Media Group in 2018 with Tommy Kendall and Jason Jacobson. Uh, they have the Torque Show, which is a branded live stream show that supports Michelin and IMSA, um, and they they talk with people in sports car world that gets a, a big audience. And then they also do the Love of Cars presented by Hagerty, which has guests who you know are into cars like Jay Leno, Patrick Dempsey, Danny Trejo, and and others. So he's found his. R- role post-driving career through media and, and web stuff.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool. But for a guy that uh, was just barely a blip on the radar for uh, the the IRL and the Indianapolis 500, has done quite a lot away from racing, at least competitively. And uh, Mr. Justin Bell, he is this week's random splitter driver of the week.
0: All right, short week. Not a lot of news to get to an IndyCar. Thanks again to Chloe Chambers, for joining us, we'll follow her progress. Good luck, with Chloe. The Haas F1 team uh, entry for the F1 Academy Series. What is it? Campos Racing, right? Yes, that, that she's with. Which I believe Connor Daly raced for Campos back in the day in Europe. So, I think so too. A lot of IndyCar ties to that team.
2: We tried to get Günther Steiner's number. <laughs> yeah, uh, did, didn't
0: did not work. Did not
2: materialize. We may stay on that case though. Don't yeah. you worry.
0: Obviously, that was worth the shot, and you <laughs> know maybe we down. will keep efforting as best we can as things move forward, but uh, we'll be back next week. We'll at least have a race to talk about Hey. hey. in the sense that uh, you'd expect an IndyCar car driver to end up on the top step of the podium in this weekend's Rolex 24 uh, with the number of people in the field. And so we'll at least have that. And uh, hopefully some more news, maybe some driver announcements <clears throat> coin racing, uh, maybe <laughs> some driver announcements to get to coming up as well. So thanks to Chloe chambers for Justin Kinney. I am Caleb hatch. This has been new track record podcast.